does this look like and how do you do this? And everybody kind of would like, would love to have a seven-step program that just gets it and then, you know, you can make sure that the results come out just the way you like. And obviously, we all know that that isn't the case. So our goal here is certainly not to give the seven-step program, but what we wanted to do is just uh, allow through questions these couples to give testimony to the different ways that God's grace works out in relationships. And there's differences on, on how God did that on, with all three of these couples. And we certainly could have had other couples. Uh, there's many other young couples in our church could have had uh, Robin and David Thompson come up here. We could have had Lee and Julie Dreyer, who just married a few months ago. Lucy and I could have been up here. So there's a lot of um, other ones we could have thrown in here. But we, we felt like these three would be able to give um, a neat testimony and be able to enjoy the process of being able to hear from them. So we're going to, and I appreciate uh, all the questions that you guys have submitted. They are, there's a couple, one or two of them have really stuck out, and we want to get to those and then uh, ask a few others that may not have been thought of. So we're going to just start by having them go down the line here as couples and, and quickly, in two minutes or less, give something of this nature as it would be uh, concerning the facts of their relationship. Uh, where they both lived, length of courtship, dating, uh, how long that was, how long uh, were they engaged, when were they married, was it a long-distance relationship versus a close-distance uh, relationship, close proximity, how long did both of them know each other beforehand, how old were both of them, um, just trying to help you guys get to know them. I think a lot of you guys get know these three couples. Interestingly enough, though, when we were having people raise our, your hand a couple weeks ago on how long you've been in this church, a lot of people in that were raising their hands weren't around for even that were even two years ago when Zach and Kristen uh, got married. So it'd be neat to be able to. Some of you may know these, and some of you may not know what the Lord has done. So, uh, Mark and Sharon, why don't you all start? Give us the facts. Okay. Well, um, first, I wanted to say real quick that I'm grateful that Cody asked me to be on this panel because it was a good refresher of all those engagement pictures and just remembering the, the special time that we had together and just what an incredible gift I have in my wife. Uh, you know, six kids in nine years, and you kind of forget how special it, it is, and um, it, it, can, it continues to be. So I'm just grateful for that. But uh, Y2K had passed, and it was a couple of years after that. I was about 27. I had um, been looking for a wife for, um, since I was you know, around 20 or so. And, and um, not seriously then, but that, that I, was around, it was around, I was about 27, and I had been working uh, with my dad and, um, in that arena. And I worked as an accountant um, for just a couple of small businesses. And, um, and I um, work, was working through my dad. Um, he knew, I'm not sure how much we sh we're going to relate here, but he knew the Cade family. And so he um, uh, suggested that, so, um, suggested her. And so it was, it was a long distance um, relationship. Um, how long? How far away? How far away? Um, she was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I was in Fredericksburg, Texas. So. That was about uh, 12 hours, but if you're courting, you can make it in nine. So um, I, got to, I got to know that trip very well. So it was, it was a long-distance relationship, and um, I actually spent time the year before. Um, I even knew her or had seen her. I had seen some small pictures 
you know, family picture. She's on the back row, and you try real hard to see what she looks like, but you can't really tell. Um, but I was kind of working with my dad and trusting him because I've seen God worked in other people's lives, and, and so I knew I could trust him, um, even though it was, it was a hard at times. But anyway, um, so I spent the year before getting to know her dad before I even met her. And we went on fishing trips together, and um, we wrote letters, or I wrote letters, and he sent questions. And um, it was uh, it was a good year. It was a good year. And it's like as the time went by, God just kind of kept confirming each each step. And a little bit would come out, and a little bit would come out, and it's like that this was God's will. And um, eventually, at the end of that year, um, she came out to the ranch for. Uh, a hunting trip. Uh, ranch is where I lived, and she came out for a hunting trip, and I got to actually see her in action. And uh, she didn't know, but I knew, and everybody else on the ranch knew, and um, but she didn't know. And so the Lord kind of confirmed that yes, this is the one. And um, uh, after that, uh, she talked to her dad. The weekend after that, she talked to her dad, and he went through the. Uh, what are you going to do next and all that? And he said, well, there's a guy interested in you. And uh, so she said, yes, I'd like to get to know him. And uh, the rest is history. But that's just kind of in a nutshell how it progressed. And uh, so I'll let Sharon. Um, we met and um, got to know each other for a couple of months. Long phone conversations. Um, we got engaged. And three months later, we were married. And I was 21. Mark was 30. And um, it's a big, long story, but it was a wonderful experience. I've seen the Lord work through our weaknesses and for his glory. Yeah, just one second before you start. How long were you guys engaged? Three and a half months. Three and a half months. And how long did you court or date or pursue a potential for purposeful <laughs> relationship? Yeah. Uh, we met, and eight months later, we were married. Met, eight months later, they were married. Okay. Justin and Bethany. Uh, very, very good time. We, uh, I had just returned from something called Alert, um, and this was 2003, 2004, five, no. Uh, it was on my 23rd birthday, and, uh, and Bethany, I remember the first time I saw her, she brought me a, um, a banana cream cake. Um, around the corner, and she didn't know it, but I hate banana cream cream cake. <laughs> but she, they made it special for my birthday that night. It was the first time we met. We were the only two um, homeschool families from a certain uh, homeschool group. So I'd just come back from Alert. She'd just come back from something called Excel. So they say that's a match made in heaven. Uh, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> and uh, it was about three. It was about three years later, and that was, we, we saw each other um, that evening, and that was it. I went off to my thing. She went off to her thing, or with her family. And about three years later, um, they came over to our um, a campground we were staying at, and end of the year, end of the year. <laughs> my bad, end of the year, wow, I'm off today, um, end of the year, we, <laughs> we're working today, um, end, of the, uh, end of the year, we, uh, they came over to our campground, and uh, she had had an interest also in serving in politics and campaigns and so forth, and that's what I was doing uh, for a career at that time, and um, so she asked dad, who asked me if she could help on campaigns, so you know, from a guy's standpoint, another girl, godly girl, but one among many at that point. God hadn't, hadn't put me on a, or woken me up, sort of asleep like Adam at that point. And so that evening was the uh, first time we played 
ping pong, round robin type ping pong. I just remember seeing that pretty blue eyed smile for the first time and going, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so that was the first time I, I noticed her like that. And uh, we got to work with each other, which was really nice. And, and, and I praise God for a church that gives opportunities to work with each other because just being able to see the person without the makeup on in a sense and long nights and to 4 a.m. working and political campaigns are not exactly easy. Um, so we did that for several months. We won campaigns together. We lost campaigns together. And uh, that was just a real, real good, hard time. At the end of that, um, I started talking with mom and dad, and they were like, She's the, she might be the one. And I was like, she might be the one. So we prayed. And on April the 12th, I went and talked to her dad. And uh, the night before... Time frame. I, what's time frame? What's April that? April 12th. How far deep into this? So November, November was the time frame that we finished with the campaigns. And then April of the next year, 2007... Um, was uh, was the point when I went and asked to, in a sense, date her dad. <laughs> so uh, I got the expected answer of, uh, sure, we'll meet together. Well, I figured meet together might be, you know, two times a month. Um, had this little prideful thing going on inside of my own heart. You know, who else is she going to marry up in Maine because there's not that many guys up there. And, I mean, it, it, a heart can be deceitful and wicked, and you don't even know it a lot of times. So, guys, be humble. Um, Anyway, so uh, we started uh, dating, courting, <laughs> getting together, her dad and I, uh, for eight months. And uh, halfway through that process, he told me no, uh, which was not a cool thing. Um, talk more about that later. That uh, shattered a lot of my ego and pride, and I needed that. Um, I was asking the wrong questions in life. And so um, by December of that year, well, he kept meeting with me, discipling me, um, Bethany, um, was really, did not know any of this during that time. Everybody in her family knew except for her five-year-old and seven-year-old brother, but she knew nothing. Um, God just preserved that emotionally wise. And then in December of 2007, Christmas Eve, was able to ask her if she would court me. And she said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, at that point, we, uh, we courted uh, for six months. It would have been a lot sooner had she not been in Asia long distance and I'd been down here in San Antonio. And uh, then we got engaged, and she said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we got, were engaged for six months, and that would have been a lot shorter had I not had to get a degree and get out of debt and uh, get married quick after engagements. Um, and then in 2009, January 3rd, we got married, and here we are. Okay. <laughs> Go, Zach. Learn things all the time. No idea. Uh, let's see. Our relationship, from my perspective, started a long time ago with friends teasing me about Kristen. Uh, probably middle of high school and stuff. It was just, she was just a, somebody that we saw, uh, really not even an acquaintance. But uh, I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, she's really pretty and you know, maybe someday. And friends would always tease me about her. Some of you are here, the teasers, yes. Um, and so I obviously was just really young, 16, 17, 18, and uh, hadn't really uh, focused myself on preparing for marriage at that point, but uh, went to alert. That taught me a lot, as Justin alluded to. That was a great thing for me. Uh, get some humility and work hard. That was great. Um, and then when I got back from alert, um, next year or so, we went on a mission trip down to Mexico. Um, Cody was on that trip as well. And that was, a, a time where I was really praying and had prayed with my dad, um, that summer. 
And when we got back from the trip, it was when I was really hoping to um, uh, ask Mr. Baird um, for his permission to court Kristen, or at least get to know her on a, on a deeper level. Uh, we had been, you know, talking a little bit and texting here and there, but it was just on a friend's level, and I did some very strange things from a communication standpoint to her that just really confused her. But uh, God worked through all those things, and um, on January, it was January of 2010, I believe, that we, I asked her to court me, and then... October, and she said yes. And then in October of that year, we got engaged and then got married in June of 11. So obviously a lot more to that story, but anything you want to add? Okay. There's the quick facts. And I know a lot more about Zach's one. He, he tried to do it in the middle of school and all kinds of other things going there as well, too. So different circumstances for all the couples. Certainly talk to them later if you want to know. The whole backstory, but just for the fast facts, there's the there's the fact. So essentially, what you're looking at then is we had a, two long distance relationships, and then we had one that didn't quite happen within this church, but it was really close because your family came, Kristen, pretty close after you guys uh, started courting. So a little bit of background there. Okay, so one of the questions that has come in. For full disclosure here, I actually typed up a whole bunch of questions beforehand trying to give these guys a little bit of a heads up on what I would be asking in the broad context. And uh, God's given some grace because one of the questions that's come in that I'm going to ask them right now is very close to what I typed. So I'm going to ask you guys, and just the two or three of you would comment on this, and then I'm going to ask the same question but in a slightly different context. Looking back on your single years, so pre pre-relationship with the particular individual sitting to your left or your right, um, pre-relationship, what would you do differently in your single years that you would, that would have helped you better prepare for marriage? Just one or two things, a couple of you. Kristen, you look ready. I didn't know if it was for the guys. <laughs> Um, so I remember before I got married and before I even knew Zach, I loved reading books and my sister Bethany and I loved reading books about marriage and learning about marriage. And so I thought I knew everything about marriage beforehand. And I remember thinking to myself, why is submission and being a helpmate such a big deal in marriage? And why is it such a big problem? Like, why are all these women struggling with it? And so I remember thinking that pridefully because I felt like, oh, I've read these books. I know how it works. And so, um... I would say one of the biggest things, that was a bad mindset. Because when I got married, I realized submission was actually really hard. And being a helpmate wasn't as easy as I thought. Um, so looking back, that was just a bad heart attitude, a bad mindset. And I would definitely go back and change that and focus more on serving, serving my dad, serving my family. Um, just, it was a bad mindset. So I'd go back and do that differently for sure. Zach? I pray more. And... Prepare more. Yeah, a few, just a little practical. How would you prepare more? What would you prepare? Well, I would actually prepare. <laughs> <laughs> you guys think that's funny. It's, it's true. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is with guys, and I shouldn't just slap this label on every guy out there because you guys are mostly um, on top of this. But from 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 
my focus was not on preparing for marriage. It was um, focused on myself and um, just enjoying life and spending time with friends. And there wasn't a, a passion or a desire to um, to pursue uh, a, a a life that would be interesting to a woman because I thought I had it. I had I had it all, you know, and so I would go back and change, um, obviously quite a few things, but just just get a a heart and a, a mindset that is focused on honoring God with your life and and thinking about the consequences of things that you're doing now that may not seem like a big deal when you're single, but when you're thinking about marriage and family and children in the future just doesn't doesn't do anything beneficial for you Um, stuff like watching movies stuff like you know hunting's great but if you do too much it's pointless you know fishing just a lot of things that were self selfish when i should have been focused on more selfless things and like Kristen said serving family and and friends um uh, Daddy Welch has told me for years, are you having your personal devotion? And the vision didn't take, I mean, I, I had it. I had the discipline of doing it as much as I could, but it, it, it got stronger in, in later years. And one thing that Sharon brought up to mind, engraft more, engraft more scripture, have your devotion, have your prayer life. As men, take your time um, to be quiet before the Lord. Because one thing I've found, you don't have any more time. Once the kids get down, you know, and or once you start having children, and, and the time is gone, and, and it's such a, it's it's a, it's really a wrestling match to keep that discipline going. And I'm so glad I, I did what I did. I wish I could have done more and been more disciplined with it. But there's something I, I, that I would have done differently. I spent more time in God's Word and more time establishing my spiritual foundation um, before I took on responsibilities of family. Okay, so ladies. Uh have some of the ladies answer this. Bethany, if you could start with Bethany or Sharon. Um, looking back at your dating courtship phase, so out of the single years, we're into the dating, or into the courtship, we're into purposeful relationship phase. What is one thing that you would do differently? And I hate to narrow it to one, but what is one thing you would do differently? Um, I would have been more purposeful. I think about, I mean, Justin and I were really close friends um, before, in a, on an appropriate level, really good friends before we started courting. Um, when he asked for permission to win my heart for the purpose of marriage, it, to me it was almost the same as saying, would you marry me? Because we knew we wanted to get married. And, um, and But I think being more purposeful about the topics of conversation that we talked about and um, just honestly, you know, I had had the go-ahead from my dad who'd spent months getting to know him um, and that was huge. It was huge, you know, having my dad say, yes, I believe this is a, a man um, that would be a godly leader for you and for your family. And um, But there were other things that I think going into them on a deeper level and really talking out, how do you feel about this? How would you lead a family in this area? In some ways, honestly, I was afraid that there might come up some conflict, and I didn't want any conflict because I wanted to marry him. Um, and so really some of those issues were not things that we wouldn't have gotten married over, but they've be- become issues once we were married that we had to work through on a different level that we could have avoided. Um, because now it was like, 
wait a minute, you think that? <laughs> That's how what we're going to tell our kids? You know, we, and instead of us talking through those things ahead of time um, and working through them as a team and knowing what I was going to be following and what I was going to be, you know, need to honor. And um, so I think that would have probably been the biggest thing I would change. Sharon, do you have any comments? I really appreciate um, Mark's leadership in that. And um, I was trying to give him good feedback, but the first phone call we had, I was like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> and he said, he, so he starts the conversation with this unbelievable, like, it was almost like a mini Bible study. Like, this is what I've been seeing, you know, the Lord. And, and, and he finished saying it, and I was just, I was just so shocked that we were even talking. But I didn't know what to say. And he said, okay. You know, he felt like that didn't work. And he was like, okay, so what's your favorite color? You know? <laughs> I thought, I've got I've to talk. I've got to give him some feedback. And I said, um, so Mark was a really good, um, and we both like to read, so we read things together. And that really helped. I think we would have done more of that. But, but on similar to what Justin and Bethany said, everything you can do that's a purposeful conversation toward your future marriage is a really good idea and it really helps and sometimes it's just really easy to get caught up in the excitement and the emotion and when you plan your wedding you know that's a whole nother realm of busyness <laughs> so when you can have those conversations that will help you later you know take the initiative to say you know what we need to talk about this and this and this and and then just dive in pray for grace dive in and trust the lord to guide you but um it really helps to have those things and sometimes you can't talk about everything. You can't, you know, strategize or troubleshoot every little detail. But you can get the basics, and you can get the foundation. And just for your information, right now, if you were to come to me and say, which book should I read with another person, I'd give you three books, and they're very small. I'd give you Worldliness by C.J. Mahaney. I would give you The Red Sea Rules. And I would also give you What is a Healthy Church Member. Those are very small books, but they all have said very purposeful conversations. And if you can read things that are small like that, and it's not that those books answer a lot, but all three of those books spark tremendous amount of conversation in different areas that make you be purposeful in fleshing out practicalities of the relationship. So uh, certainly some, some thoughts there. Okay. Yeah, the men. And let's start, Justin, why don't we start with you? Pre-courtship, pre-relationship, I think it's probably on a whole that all of us guys kind of view this as the, <gasps> the time has come. <laughs> I must approach the Father. Um, it's an overwhelming, it's an intimidating process. And how would you encourage a man, a young man who is either in those years or praying about getting into that and it's uh, what, what would you tell him? Other than breathe. Other breathe. Than breathe. Absolutely. Stop, don't stop that. Um, just a real quick little uh, 30 second story. So my, uh, my, the night before, so April 11th, that day we were building a house and I ended up uh, breaking my tailbone um, that day. So I'm going to meet her dad the next day in their family diner and it's the hardest wooden seats ever. So, um, so I'm sitting there 
trying to ask her dad, will you court me? And I'm moving everywhere because it kills. And so don't break your tailbone before you, uh, before you go and try to ask her dad to, uh, in a sense, start courting her dad. Anyway, um, on a practical level, um, I would pray for two things first. I'd pray, God, put me to sleep like you did Adam um, until you wake me up and it's time. Um, because life is so busy. As a tw- whether, whether you're supposed to get married at 21, I don't know, 19, 30, whatever the age is, God, just put me to sleep until you're ready for this thing. But trust in the sovereignty of God. Number two, be praying that God will place either a girl or multiple girls on your mind when the, when the appropriate time comes. And then once you have that girl on your mind, I just wrote down a couple of things. Um, I, I was encouraged to to ask and pray God for very specific green lights in a sense. So you got green, yellow, and red. And if there's green lights, then keep proceeding forward. Trust God in his sovereignty, as you said a little while ago in one of the Sunday school lessons, trust his will. If there's yellow lights, the father, your dad, will show you. If there's red lights, he will show you. Um, so the green lights that I needed before I was able to pursue Bethany were... Um, first of all, for my family, my whole family, they knew her, they liked her. Um, if there had been red lights or yellow lights there, that probably would have derailed it. Um, light, green lights from my counselors, mentors, just guys older than me outside of myself that won't get emotional about it. Um, and green lights in um, that inner peace that the Holy, Holy Spirit gives. You can't describe it. You know when it's there and you know when you're faking it. Like I can say that much. And then the last one is um, just... Uh, a green light from circumstances. Does this just make sense? Do I like her? Is she attractive? I mean, all those things that are realities in a marriage. Yeah, God works through circumstances, and you don't have to make them up. Zach, any thoughts? To a particular young, to a young man, overwhelmed, intimidated, the whole process. How would you encourage? I would uh, ditto what Justin said, but could you ask a question that doesn't talk about my weaknesses, please? <laughs> I, I, I want some positive feedback here. Uh, I would completely agree with Justin. Um, and then I, th- this may sound corny, but it, it, just do it. Just do it. I think we overanalyze uh, so many times um, the situation that God has us in. And we just have to take a step of faith and approach the Father um, and, and initiate the relationship in a in a in a very godly, uh, manly way, um, it was. Was it as scary as you thought it was going to be? Oh, it was scary. <laughs> it was scary, but I I really didn't give my time myself my time myself time to think about it. You just kind of said, oh, "Okay, that's what I got to do." Okay, go got to go do it, and you just take the step of faith, and and I think God will honor that. He'll He'll give you the strength to to go through that. So, good. Um, Staying with the gentleman here for uh, one more question. Gentlemen, what would you say to a young man just at the beginning of a relationship on the importance of keeping the physical aspects of the relationship between him and the young lady in question pure before marriage? Practical advice, how strong of an emphasis would you place on the physical relationship? And how did you go about determining the boundaries of the physical nature of your courtship? So specifically... Physical aspects of the relationship were in a prep, were in a courtship aspect, courtship dating aspect. What were the physical boundaries? How did you go about accomplishing those? And then did they change from courtship to engagement? And how did you go about determining what and if should change? Mark. 
Um, I think a long-distance relationship to me was a blessing um, because I knew that I needed um, some some boundaries set up uh, in this area. And uh, God gave Sharon uh, and I a real good communication, and we, we, we set some clear boundaries. Like, um, just to be specific, um, we said uh, we would not hold hands. And, Let me stop you. Why did you say that? Um, why do we say that? Because we just wanted to... Um, honor the the relationship, the the time that we were in, and because the temptation is so um, big to just keep going past, keep going past the boundaries you've set, and so we want to honor um, what God has told us to do and what our parents have taught us growing up to do, and we do, we wanted to err on the side of caution. I guess I'd have to say we wanted to err on the side of caution. You know, it's not wrong to hold hands to a relationship. That's fine if God calls you to do it. Not not a problem. Um, this is what God calls us to do. And I think what I would say is to challenge yourself. You know, if it's going to be okay, I'm going to hold hands, but really challenge yourself and really um, be accountable. And we had a younger brother or sister with us wherever we went. You know, and sometimes I would get into that Hattiesburg Airport and. Sharon would show up, and I would be so overcome at the wonderful girl she was. I'd give her a hug, and a brother would be right there saying, ah, 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 none of that. So, um, so it was good to have that, that family riding with us along the way. And they saw, okay, this, this is how it works. Sometimes they liked being there, sometimes they didn't. But um, they, um, they, they saw this is how it worked. And so that was good for them to see. Um, us setting some boundaries and some standards. And you know what? We went, of course, we had a quick courtship and quick engagement. And, um, but we, so we kept the same standards um, going through the engagement. And even to, um, you know, just even down to at our rehearsal dinner, we didn't hold hands. We held arms. And I look back at that, and I say, oh, that was kind of corny. But... <laughs> Um, but you know what? It, it was honoring what God had told us to do. Um, you know what? And, and after the mar- after the wedding, each day is sweet. Each day gets sweeter. So you didn't feel like you missed out? Didn't feel like we missed out. Didn't feel like we missed out. Feel like we are reaping the benefits of that now. You guys, so you guys, you guys held a pretty high standard in most people's view. Didn't even hold hands. Um, you catch any flack? I mean, you may... What do you think you're doing? I mean, you realize that you're going to go from not holding hands to physical intimacy in one day. I mean, anybody say anything? How did you guys respond to things like that? Um, I think people, some people thought it was funny, but I don't think we called any flat, major flack on it. I think we were pretty much, in, you know, encouraged in the... Didn't yeah, care. Yeah, we didn't care. <laughs> okay. Zach and Chris. Um... The chart that Mr. Welch put up earlier, uh, it's so true, and, and Mark spoke to it. Zero to 100? Zero to 100. 50 right there in the middle on terms of physical intimacy. And Yes, we, we didn't hold hands until um, courtship. Courtship or engagement? Engagement, sorry. I get those confused. Uh, <laughs> engagement. Um, and we, we did have specific boundaries that we laid out, and I would talk with Mr. Baird, and I would have them out on paper, and, 
how did you go about the process of determining what those boundaries were? Was that a conversation between the both of you, between you and Mr. Baird, between we, were these convictions of your own? Uh, it was between with each other, and then we would run it by the parents. And uh, what Mark said really resonated with me. It, when you take one step onto the scale, and Mr. Welch mentioned it earlier, it's so hard to go backwards on the scale. Um, and we've, we fought that all the time, always reevaluating, always coming back, readjusting, oh, let's not do that, let's do this. And, and but, you know, by the time we were married, we, we were so grateful to be married. But looking back, we would do a lot of things differently. And, you know, I think we would both say it's just not worth it to even, um, to even go there. You know, if, if we had to do it over again, I think we'd, be, we'd do what Mark and Sharon did. Just because there's, there's no point you're going to have. The scale's going to flip when you get married. If you're not at 100, something's wrong. And you've got to, you've got to look forward and realize marriage is coming rather than getting caught in the moment. And saying, oh, you know, we need to be able to hold hands, you know, whatever it is, it's just not worth it. Can I add one thing? Yeah. Can I add one thing? Um, we had a really long courtship, and a really, I mean, to the world standards, it would seem really fast because it was an eight, ten month courtship, eight month engagement. But compared to these guys, that was really fast. I mean, long. And so, if you can have a, you know, court as long as you need to until you know they're the one, and then get engaged and have a really short engagement, enough to plan the wedding. Because the length also brought in so many temptations because mentally you kind of start thinking you're married because especially when you're engaged, you've already said I do. Um, so you're mentally preparing for that. Every, you know, all of your finances, you're starting to slowly combine things, talk about the future. So it, you almost have everything even spiritually except the physical and it just brings in so many temptations. So I would highly encourage all of the young people to try to keep it as short as you possibly can. Very well said. Mm -hmm. uh, Three quick little things. Um, guys, don't trust yourself. Um, by God's grace, he kept us, and we held hands once, and I realized later that her dad didn't want me to, um, and I wish I hadn't. Um, so be very specific and lay it out, um, because you go into it, there's not one thing you would want to do to harm this lady or lose her trust or anything, but you get in that moment, and you're sitting there staring at each other, and it's amazing how Satan can creep in. And God protects us, but... Don't put yourself in that situation. So get it very specific. Work it up with her dad. Work it up with your dad, if at all possible. Um, and one quick thing. With our technology and texting these days, you can not be alone, but be alone from a texting environment and just from a social media aspect. So be very, very careful on what those boundaries are. Don't give yourself any, any loopholes. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting here. We're discussing holding hands as something huge. But I want, you, uh, I want to just exhort you young people exactly what, what Pastor Welch said is body chemistry is powerful. And you could hold hands now with anyone in here, no body chemistry, and you're like, what? there's no problem here. You turn that body chemistry on, and all of a sudden that holding hands is a completely, can be, a, depending upon the person, people, can be a completely different aspect. I've read a book that encourages men, don't do anything that would allow you to become sexually aroused and if holding hands does it don't do it because it leads to sin and you can endure for three months three months four months five months ten months eight months whatever it was it's just a short period of time uh, really push 
back hard on yourself. You're at, you're at the very end, so much, as it would be for singleness. But just encouragement there. Excellent answers on their part in these things. Yeah. Um, girls, ladies, I just want to encourage you that this is a way when you are thinking, you know, you're, especially in engagement, when you know, okay, I'm planning to marry this guy. Um, you're not married to him yet. And so if things aren't going right, you need to raise a red flag and say, we got to talk about this. You know, um, for a lot of, I mean, it was totally new territory for us. It was our first relationship. We were pure. We'd been protected. We were excited. We were trusting the Lord, but it was, it was, I think I was shocked at how strong the hormones are, how strong chemistry is and, and just your love for each other. And, um, ladies, you have great influence and um and this is a way that you can help your future husband is saying okay now i just want to hold your hand so bad but just think how much we're going to enjoy it if we just you know bite the bullet and just wait or hugging or and i think one thing we didn't we said oh yeah well let's just save holding hands because i you know we've never held anyone's hand it'd be special but there's a whole lot else you can do you know just sitting close that we we had to like go back to square one and say, wait, 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 we got to talk about this. And we felt like we were going round and round and round, but it's good to work those things out. And it was good accountability. And we were alone sometimes, but if we were alone, we didn't touch. So if I fell down, I just had to get up myself. So, <laughs> but, but if we wanted to sit close, then we had a four-year-old sitting there saying, move over. I want to sit there. <laughs> So, and interestingly enough, this is, I think sometimes we think about this as a guy's only issue. And the majority of um, physical intimacy that happens before married is oftentimes actually the girl initiating this. Because there's a lot of hormones on both sides. So young ladies, take, Sharon's advice there was excellent on this. Yeah, I just want to add something real quick. Many of y'all may have saw the, seen the picture on the Internet of the soldier on his wedding day wanting to pray with his wife before his uh, wedding but didn't want to see her. And so they held hands around a corner. And that picture went viral on the Internet. And the wife um, gave a testimony of how they kept themselves pure the whole way through their relationship. And it was hard. And it was hard for him, but they prayed. They were accountable. So what I'm t- I just want to say real quick, the world is looking for something different. The world is looking for something higher than what they've been in. Amen. Okay, a few quick questions here. We're running out of time. So we'll try to make these, try to make these quick. Huge issue with young people pursuing marriage is how do you know if this is God's will? So I want these guys just to give quick testimony here starting with the ladies, and then we'll go to the men. How, ladies, did you perceive, or how did you process, what's the process that you went through in a nutshell of determining God's will that you should step into this relationship with this young man? What was that process? What did it look like? How did you know, yeah, this is God's will, I can do this? Ladies, start. Kristen, you want to start on your end? Well, I had the opportunity to observe Zach a little bit before we actually entered into a courtship, which was nice because I could see him and... I saw how he interacted with children, with his family. He was very respectful towards his siblings and his parents. And so before we even entered into a relationship, I saw character qualities in him that I really, really liked. So when he did come around and asked to court me, I was very excited. And he was tall and handsome also, which being very tall, that was a big plus. And so uh, 
Um, so there were already just basic things, just as once we started getting to know each other as friends, even before the courtship, we got along really well, and we really hit it off. So just on a basic level, um, and just observing him, there were so many things I already liked. And then getting into the courtship, you talk about a lot of deeper things. You start getting into, you know, talking about marriage and deeper spiritual topics, theology. And so there were some issues we had to work through. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing was praying and then having a high level of involvement from your family. Um, I cannot emphasize that enough. If you are uh, hopefully a daughter, you have your family surrounding you right now, um, just involve your family, involve your dad, involve your parents, ask their, for their advice, ask for their wisdom, bring the guy around your family so that they can get to know him and make that a huge priority. Because um, like someone mentioned earlier, if my family didn't have a piece about it and they were you know, legitimate reasons, and they didn't think that Zach was the one, that was a huge deal for me because there's wisdom in your parents and in your siblings, even the younger siblings. So that was a huge thing for them to have a piece, to be on board, and then for us all to just be praying about it and to all have that piece. Bethany? Um, I'd say for me, it was very similar to Zach and Kristen. For us, we were very good friends ahead of time. We spent a lot of time working together. Um, so... You know, I got to see how he dealt with conflict, and uh, we just had a blast. I mean, we had so much fun together. Our families had so much fun together. Um, we would get together and sing and play volleyball and just spend time fellowshipping. I was good friends with his sister. Um, and so I as well had the opportunity to see who he was uh, beforehand. And I really struggled for that year that he was talking with my dad, and I had no idea. Um, just really struggled with guarding my heart, and I had to continually go back because when I was 13, um, my dad and I um, made a covenant together that I would not go into a relationship with a young man without having my dad's blessing. Um, and so I knew my dad was praying for that young man, and I knew that he had my best interest in mind, and I had no desire to pursue a relationship without my dad's blessing. Um, so that year when Justin was talking with my dad and I was really struggling, I'd just keep going back and say, Dad, I'm really struggling to guard my heart. Um, and we, we would talk, we would talk it out. He would encourage me, focus on the life of Ruth, focus on serving. And we had that conversation many, many, many times. Um, and, you know, God brought me to a point of being able to rest and wait. And um, so there was already an excitement and definitely a desire. Um, and then it, I would say the biggest, other big thing for me was just my dad and was my dad's direction and his okay, you know, and hearing how much time he had spent getting to know Justin and praying. Um, my mom was uh, sure about saying yes to Justin long before my dad was. And um, she kept saying to my dad, come on, you know, we need to give him an answer. And, you know, aren't you sure now? And my dad he needed that final word, needed that final scripture of God confirming that this was the right man. So that was huge for me um, and confirming to me. Sharon? Okay, for me, um, I kind of, the news got dropped on me kind of fast. So I had to, um, this person that I just met the week before suddenly find out there's this huge history there. And um, But for us, to me, it was more of a, we have light for this step. And then you take that step, and, and then it was like, okay, I think we have we have peace from the Lord and light for the next step. And and then sometimes we talk and say, okay, okay, I just want to, you know, just just know. And Mark, would say, you know, our sign was he would hold his hand out like this. And I said, I don't want to have an open hand. And he said, no, no, until we say I do, we're not... You know, we're not married to each other. And that helped me just say, Lord, I'm trusting you for each day, today and this month and the next step, um, because 
broken engagements happen. Broken courtships happen. And so you want, and so through that time, think, you know, if this is someone else's spouse, I think this is going to be my spouse, but if this is someone else's, I want to be careful that I don't defraud them. And until you're married, you're not married. <laughs> so that really helped, um, you know, Mark would just help remind me, you know what, we're taking this one step at a time. And our relationship went really fast, um, looking back on it, but at the time, we didn't know. We didn't know the end yet. You know, God did. But it was just that taking it, you know, you have frequently in the Christian walk. I mean, haven't y'all seen this? You have step, you have light for the next step. And you go, you take that step in faith, trusting the Lord to give you the light you need for the next one. Mark? How did you determine it was God's will to pursue Sharon quickly? Um, When we sent Dr. Cade the letter, he said, yeah, you can court my daughter, but you have to wait a year. And so I was like, I was like, well, might as well, um, you know, nothing else going on. So, uh, uh, but that turned out to be a blessing from God. Guys, you know, don't get in a hurry. Um, if you can take time, take time. And then as you work your way along the process, God will show you his confirmation. I went on a fishing trip with Dr. Kate. We got to know, we, I courted Dr. Kate on the fishing trip. And, and we were at the end of a long, hot day on the boat, and uh, his cell phone rings. And he says, hey, come here, Mark, look at this. And I look at it, and it says, happy, it was Valentine's Day of all days. And he said, happy Valentine's Day, Daddy, from Shea Baby. And to me, I was just like, hey, this is good. This is a little confirmation. This girl is in connection with her dad. This girl took time to tell her dad, happy Valentine's Day. So let time pass and let God bring confirmations within that time. Justin. Was, uh, somebody once told me, he said, um, you'll know you're ready to get married when your life ministry and what God called you to will be much more adequately fulfilled with the spouse than if you were by yourself. And uh, so I would say, a guy, understand why you're here, where you're going. Not that you have your career path all lined out, you know, from point A to point Z, but just at least have a vision established of what you're doing and where you're going, be able to support a wife, and then know that it's going to be better with her than without her at this point. Very well said. Zach? Um, I would uh, say what Kristen said is have your family heavily involved um, and... God's going to open and close the doors as he sees fit. I think just like Sharon said, holding the relationship, even if it's not in a relationship yet, hold that with an open hand and just trusting God that he's going to work, work, work it out like, like, he, um, like he wants it to. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to provide. Ladies, uh, last, close to last question here. Um, yeah, last question here. Or, as couples, and both feel free to both to speak or if you want one to speak, but um, was there one piece of advice or particularly helpful piece of advice that your parents or that others gave to you that particularly has resonated with you and you find yourself coming back? Um, whether particularly in preparation for marriage, either as single or in courtship years. But was there one or two pieces of advice that, whether it was a book or a, some, a counselor or something you heard, somebody told you that you come back to frequently and say, yeah, you know, that, that, was, the, 
I didn't really realize it then, but that, that's a, that was a nugget that has really helped us. Zach and Kristen, you want to start? Uh, we talked about this earlier. So uh, both of us really, um, as, we go, as we went through our relationship and as we got married, uh, we realized that having high expectations will devastate the other person or yourself in conversation and just just lowering your expectations or even getting rid of certain expectations will help immensely in um, in being married <laughs> period um, and then obviously that plays into communication I, I've realized I was telling Mr. Welsh this earlier expectations across the board particular areas um I mean, I would have to say across the board, but uh, specifically, um, I think it all comes back to selfishness. When, you, when you're thinking about what the other person or what you think they should be doing for you and they don't do it, I mean, that's an issue. You're going to have to work through that. Uh, so, yeah, definitely across the board. Um, I think it's different for everybody in the, the areas that they struggle there. Uh, but with communication, Mr. Welch said was so right earlier it's so easy to communicate when you're courting, when you're in a relationship, it just flows off the tongue. You are the master of communication. You can lead like nobody's business. And it, it's good. You are really good at it. And then, so you think, and you get married, and I don't know what happens, but it's really hard. Communication gets really hard. And um, Kristen and I have worked through multiple times just having me be able to communicate because when I get um, hurt or um, I, I feel uh, belittled or something, I, I close up. I don't want to talk about it. And that's really, really bad. And I have to work through that. So just communication and being able to open up to the other person is, is big. Good. Justin, Bethany? There's two things. I'll do one and Bethany will do one. Um, our favorite marriage book by far, so far that we've read, um, is Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas. Yes. And um, the premise of that basically says this, that marriage is not designed to make you happy, but designed to make you holy. Amen. And um, we did not realize how, how much that would impact us. Our first four years, our first four months of marriage were not near what we thought it was going to be. It was not the blessed, blissful honeymoon. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the wow you're expecting. And um, God really used that time to reveal how much we had been looking for each other to create that happiness and fulfill that belonging and validation of who we are rather than the master himself. And once he started to us to decrease and him to increase from a marriage standpoint, let alone an individual standpoint, and holiness start to become and sanctification became more the focus, happiness increases in a way you can never make it happen. Um, also in that book, he talks about a concept of falling forward. And um, it, it clicked for Justin a lot sooner than it did for me. And it continues to be something that um, he's much better at than I am. But just that understanding that when you're falling into a situation where you're starting to feel irritated with each other or thinking those thoughts of, I can't believe they just said that, or how could they have done that or thought that, or whatever the situation may be, stopping and we're on the same team. And... Um, making a choice to fall forward, to fall toward each other in working through it rather than falling apart and moving away or closing up or uh, whatever the situation may be, whatever your tendency is um, 
to make that choice by God's grace to say we're on the same team. Um, I didn't feel appreciated or I didn't feel loved, whatever that may be, but let's work through this. Dr. Chan? Um, I think praying with your spouse would be one thing that has um, been coming back to me over the course of our marriage. Uh, it's very important, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a wrestle to get it, not because I don't want to do it. It's just a lot of demands to it. Um, but I'm seeing more and more the importance of that um, as you're facing many battles. You're facing a lot of spiritual battles is what you're facing, and it needs prayer. And so that's that, that stood out to me. Um. This sounds a little unusual, and most people don't understand this, but my father, for whatever reason, the Lord has laid on his heart for all of his children to do a time of ministry away from home in a protected environment after high school. And um, one of the things I learned during my ministry time was we had we were trained to work with troubled youth, um, delinquents, <laughs> and one of the things that we learned, part of our, our training, intensive two-month training, was learning to have a hearing heart. You can't really help somebody unless you can hear what they're saying and where they're coming from. So at that time, I didn't think that would apply to a spouse at all. I mean, you know, but it really helped to train my heart to instead of go, oh, I know what he's talking about. Okay, so here's my opinion, you know, when you're in the middle of, you know, conflict. But to stop and say, you know what, okay, okay, let me listen again. You know, are you, is this what you're saying? And I think just trying to understand that, um, you know, your husband can open up to you when he can trust you with his heart. And he can trust you that, that you're going to try to listen. You're going to do your best to have a hearing heart. And um, so I think that's what's helping us. Okay. So certainly a lot of good information there. I encourage you to think through some of those things. Um, there's one other question, and I'm going to address it quickly here. And we'll break for dinner. One question that came in is, how deep do you take theology when choosing a spouse? Is it needful to be perfectly aligned? Uh, as in any question that's asked up here, I'm not sure that there's a perfect answer, and so I'm not going to claim that this one is perfect. But I think that you've got to be pretty close. Uh, because you've got to understand that the enemy is going to seek to divide any differences that you have. Especially when children come along. Those subtle little, to your view, theological differences probably will become huge differences in how you handle situations. And the emotional roller coaster that has been rolling in courtship and engagement makes everything look out of place. So what to you are perceived as small theological differences probably are a whole lot better because you're looking at the world with rose-colored glasses, at least to this particular young lady, and you're, you're wanting to, or a younger man, you're wanting to think all the good that possibility because you're really liking how this is feeling. So I would just answer that in that I would be very, very cautious, and if that there are differences, I would go back to the fact that you are in a community, and I would be seeking mom and seeking dad. I would be seeking out a pastor or a godly man or a Titus II woman in a church. And saying, how important is this? And how would you encourage me to communicate with this other person about what this is? Because there, are, there can be issues that just don't seem like too much. And then you get into marriage. And Zach said, why does it go from being perfect communicator to really hard? I think one of the reasons is this. Because in that courtship and engagement, your entire world is focused on this person. And getting together with that person 
And then in one day, you go from everything's about them to now life actually happens. And we've got to live together, and it's not just about you and me. It's about how we affect the world for Christ. And I've got a job now, and you're communicating. You're coming home tired, and when you're focused on that one person, you know, it's easy to walk in the door and take a deep breath and put on your smile. And I'm here to rescue you. And that doesn't happen anymore. You come home fatigued in these different things. And so there's a lot more stress to the situations. So I really, really encourage whoever asked that question and those who are listening, uh, be very cautious with that one. Because the way you view God and His view on the world is going to practically apply to how you, how you practically apply and live out your life. So better be really close. Um, certainly some there's some play there, but I wouldn't trust yourself on those things. I would I would lean on the others around them.